Show me the news. And now, coming through your speakers and into your ears, it's the gaming podcast that you all know and love. It's Show Me the News. Your favorite Super Smash Brothers Brawl podcast from 2007 continues to cover the latest in the video game industry at showmeyournews.com. Now, let's join the show. Welcome! Punch! Welcome to Show Me Your News, the pinnacle for delivering and debating the gaming news that matters the most to you. Room-filled gossip, hardware blunders, or upcoming releases. If it relates to video games, we want to talk about it. I am Peter, but you may know me as Yoko, and I am downloading PT today, and so should all of you. I am Rachel, you may know me as Evie, and I am high on lots of fruit sugars. We We are part of the SMYN network at showmeyournews.com, and today is Sunday, April 26th, 2015, and this is episode 178 of the podcast. Well... Ben decided to go fishing with his family, or more, he was dragged there under his will, and Joe had a hard drive issue. So even though they are the the permanent co-hosts of this show now, they cannot make it this week, so he had to call upon a guest. He's going to be here during E3, and it's always a great time to have him there. Big friend and fan of the show, Solid Snake 120 Welcome, Scott. Thank you. Thank you very much for uh, having me on. It's always fun to come and chat with you guys and interact and talk about news stories with gaming so thanks for having me absolutely i mean looking forward Thanks. to e3 it's gonna be oh, man. like a month and a half away it's away. gonna be so good yeah we're hoping that rachel gets to be out here for that and we're gonna have a great time with all these new so <laughs> press conferences press popping. conferences no so many of them <laughs> popping up well let's start the show Rachel, show me your news. So, I wanted to go down the Marvel route today, because Mm. I very recently watched the Avengers Age of Ultron. We got it about a week or so early over here in the UK. That's right, it is not out yet in the United States. So, I won't be spoiling anything, just to give a heads up. There will be no spoilers from me. Um, But before I talk about the movie, I wanted to go into the gaming side of Marvel, which is Marvel and Telltale Games are partnering up for a 2017 console game. And they haven't really let on what it is, so I'd like to discuss maybe what we would all think it would be. Because, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I love the Telltale games, all of them, besides, you know, Jurassic Park. Besides that game. Well, yeah, yeah, in Jurassic Park. And yeah, Back to Future, they did a little bit better. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Walking Dead's where they hit their stride. But yeah, Wolf Among Us, Game of Thrones, Tales from the Borderlands. Like, they're they're really getting into it. They've had big donations from different uh, people with venture capital to really grow and expand that game studio. And I think they have to fix the engine first, to be honest. I don't know how much in the future, into 2017, that... You know, this the same Telltale engine can really hold its own. Right, right. I mean, there's going to have to be some developments before they bring out a big partnered game like that. I mean, when you think Marvel games, you think, you know, there's going to be a lot of action, a lot of fighting, a lot of, like, that first-person thing. And then to shift that onto almost like a third-person perspective, like, say you're walking around like Lee would be in The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. but you're Thor or Iron Man, or, you know, things like that. I think it would be, it'd be an interesting game to have a Telltale game like that with mm. being, you know, with Marvel, but I don't think it'll be what people expect. They've got to have something else up their sleeves. That's true, that's true. But Telltale has been getting the bigger contracts lately, not only with Marvel recently, but, you know, was it last year? When did the, the Minecraft news come out? That's They're very doing true. Minecraft They're story mode, so... Like you almost wonder, like, are they putting too much on themselves? Will they be able to deliver a Marvel story with as big as the cinematic universe is getting? And you almost wonder if that in itself is going to get to a point where it's too big to fail, or if something's going to just bring it all crashing down with just all these superhero movies that they have, you know, coming out and planned. Mm-hmm. I mean, this has actually given me a whole massive sense of deja vu since we were talking very similarly about telltale games about minecraft and also about game of thrones before about how are they gonna cope are they taking too much on they've got to be hiring more people to work on their game seriously to get all this out 
with it being an adventure kind of game and not super action heavy, I would almost be curious if you don't necessarily follow an actual hero. Because, I mean, with Marvel games, when you play as a hero, you expect to be able to use the hero's powers and things like that. What if they instead did it, you're like a detective or someone in the Marvel universe that has to interact with the heroes, but it's more of a story kind of mystery angle to it that would be more in line with a lot of other Telltale games, things like that. I have a way that that would work, considering that these two particular heroes don't exactly have powers, and that would be Black Widow and Hawkeye, because all they're doing is just firing projectiles. They don't exactly have powers. Interesting. Yeah, maybe it's going back to that that battle that they had, or you know, whatever war they were in, that kind of forged their friendship relationship, and that would be interesting. I mean, I could definitely see them doing a shield-geared one, but... Mm. Yeah, that's that's entirely possible as well. So, Avengers, Age of Ultron, how how excited should we be, Rachel? I I think you should be very, very, very excited. Uh, I can see where people would probably prefer the first movie to this movie. There's a lot of additional character introduction going on. I'm not going to mention any names or anything like that. But I actually preferred Age of Ultron to the first movie. It kept my attention more with the action sequences as well. Because I always felt that in the first movie, they were damn impressive and they were damn cool. But some of them felt like they dragged on a little bit too long. Mm. Just might be me. I don't know, my own personal preference. And in this movie, when the movie ended, I had no idea that that much time had gone by. And I was like, oh, okay, I only feel like I've been here for five minutes. What's going on? It's a really good movie. It's good to see everyone back together again. And they just, they, they really do act well together in this movie. Just like everyone's gelling so well. It's a great performance that everyone's got together to do this with. Mm. There's definitely some parts that I wasn't expecting. I'm not exactly a massive like Marvel follower. I haven't got comic books or anything like that. But there are definitely parts that I wasn't expecting. And just little little twists thrown in here and there. But uh, it's a very good watch. It was a very, very good watch. Interesting. And yeah, it makes you think for 2017, like, you know, how close are they going to be, you know, with, with Civil War and then Infinity War? That game kind of might fall right in between that uh, for Telltale. I wonder, yeah, like, we think it's probably going to be some sort of background story because, you know, if you're getting a hero that's, you know, paying for a lot of voice work, they may do, you know, some cameos and all that. But I think it's more of Telltale's route, just like they're doing with Game of Thrones to kind of tell, like, an understory. Here. Possibly. That'd but really Telltale, do us a favor. Make a good Deadpool game. That'd be great. <laughs> They're making Deadpool? No, that, Telltale a... should not make a Deadpool game, period. Like, yeah. Hmm. There already is a Deadpool game out, and it yes. sucks. Yeah, that, that action one from, uh, was it 2012? That was... Yeah, I was just asking them to make a good one because oh. that one sucks so hard. Oh. Well, we gotta just first hope that the Deadpool movie comes together well. But, you know, with Ryan Reynolds, Marina Becker, and, like, it should should be... I think that's going to be looking great. Good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. No, especially with that that screen test there that was uh, about a year or so ago. Actually, it was only this afternoon when I was reading up some of the tweets that Ryan Reynolds was sending out Deadpool style today, and uh, they was pretty. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. I'm quite mm-hmm. looking forward to him playing Deadpool when the movie comes out. I think it's going to be a fantastic one. I will definitely want to see that in the movie movie theater. Yeah, very interesting. Definitely. Mm. Back to the uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Something else I read was that uh, Kevin Feige, who's the kind of creative director behind Marvel and the Cinematic Universe right now, and kind of one of their top execs, uh, was saying that you know he's a big Star Wars fan, and with uh, Phase Two of the MCU, it's kind of like oh, their Empire Strikes Back. So apparently, and you know some different websites jumped on this that each movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for Phase Two has a character's arm chopped off at one point mm. to follow with uh, with Empire Strikes Back. And so, of course, like they were saying, like, oh, we know what it is in, uh, in Avengers Age of Ultron, but we won't say for spoilers. And, you know, of course, not saying any spoilers. Did that become apparent, Rachel, after first watching it, or is it probably a little more hidden of an Easter egg? Uh, I, it was a little more hidden of an Easter egg to me. I didn't notice that. Interesting. Something to keep an eye out. That People are someone, going to kill me. Someone gets their arm cut off. Hmm. Mm, I wonder. But then again, like in, in Thor The Dark World, like that was apparently done like in a dream sequence. So 
Mm. Like, it could be done, but, you know, no lasting ramifications, so. Just thinking back to, uh, it's not exactly a very big scene, really, with him or anything, but I enjoyed Andy Serkis in The Age of Ultron. I thought he was very amusing. He's in that. Yeah. Hmm. I won't say who, but it was was very amusing to see him in there, actually. Suddenly Gollum shows up, my precious. (laughs) My precious Ultron. (laughs) And Ultron was a hoot. James Spader is quite the actor. He uh, is. Really looking forward to that performance. Yeah, it's a, it's a good performance. I always thought from watching the trailers, he was just going to be dead serious. And it's like, no, nah, I got a good few fucking laughs out of that guy. Mm. Very interesting. Nice. Any so, final thoughts on Telltale Marvel partnership for 2017? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they what they bring out in 2017. And uh will be a good experience to play alongside yourself as well, Peter. Mm, yeah. I'll be interested to see what universe they tackle that that they really delve into because they might not necessarily go with a cinematic universe for the Telltale game. They could go with, well, Ultimate's no longer existing, but they could go with more of the comic vibe instead of the cinematic universe, which a comic book looking Telltale game could be really cool. That is a very good point. Yeah, they're like, they're coming up with the new Avengers there in the the Ultimate sort of universe in the comics. You do have things like Daredevil on Netflix, which were you know, a big success and you know maybe only tangentially tied into the cinematic universe. So, yeah, definitely a lot possible. Hmm. We'll have to look forward to it when that comes out. All right, so I am a big music game fan. I love playing Guitar Hero. I love playing Rock Band. And now both games, as have been rumored for a long time, are officially coming back. And we talked about Rock Band 4 is being confirmed as a thing uh, last episode. This time around, Guitar Hero Live got the reveal, and quite the different look, I must say. Uh, I appreciate that the two games are going to be different. You know, it's not going to be the same like, oh, we're both trying to compete in the band space, and you're going to have to buy both these sets of peripherals, because that would easily just crash the entire music game genre market again, with you know both of them going you know heavy-hitting at the same time. But it looks like Guitar Hero is going the more... Arcadey solo route with just the guitar, which I like. But more importantly, Rock Band is going to take the whole band focus, group play. And, you know, not much is probably going to change on that front, though we haven't seen gameplay yet of Rock Band 4, where we have here of uh, Guitar Hero Live, and that's going to be interesting to see how that develops at E3. Mm-hmm. Guitar Hero Live, though, three strings on the highway fretboard and with pick-shaped notes that are either white or black, because the guitar is entirely redesigned. You're going to have to learn, essentially, how to play this Guitar Hero from scratch, because you have a three-long, two-wide array on the guitar fretboard, as opposed to the five-long, one-wide array on the other games from the past. So you're going to be doing a lot of, you know, just your three main fingers, your index, your middle, your ring finger, and then going back and forth between the two. So that's going to take a lot of readjustment, I think. That kind of shakes things up, right? A little bit, yeah. I mean, I think that would actually make things easier because when it's come to things like Guitar Hero and Rock Band and things like that, I always play guitar because I suck at the drums and I sing it. But when it comes to the guitar, I'm always on, like, hardest mode so I can just use all five fingers. But it does get to be a little bit of a stretch. I have tiny hands. Mm. I have really small hands. And so so this redesign is going to be advantageous for that. For me, yes, definitely. So that'll definitely make things a lot easier. But I do like the design of like how it looks. It looks like it's going to be a heck of a lot easier for me. But mm. the guitar looks cool. It does look pretty cool. So cool. I mean, it looks like, oh, hey, it actually looks like a real guitar. Oh, no, wait, no, you, you can't play on that. What are you trying to do? I mean, it's, it's pretty original. They don't have any you know partnership deals this time around for like a Les Paul look or something like that. But... It looks pretty sharp, and yeah, you're going to be able to definitely do chords with this, you know, different combinations of these six buttons. I'll be really interested to see if people are on board with trying the kind of changed, revamped Guitar Hero, or if they'll pretty much just stay with what they know and support more of the rock band angle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Me, personally, I I don't know if I'm still ready for, like, brand new music and Guitar Hero games quite yet. I still feel a little bit burned out just with this smorgasbord that was, what, the 
2011, like 2010s Just or whatever. Big old blitz they had, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think it'll be fun to play. I will enjoy coming over to your place and trying it out. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I'll jump on the bandwagon quite yet. I'm definitely interested in the revamp that they're doing with Guitar Hero. I'm, I think it needs to have some sort of change, like you were saying, Pete. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll have further impressions come E3 when I see more of it kind of thing. So Right. And because the early impression that they are really trying to push is that you know certain songs will have this sort of live vibe, which a lot of people who are getting hands-on impressions are saying, like, it, it's a totally different feel. You, know, you can't just judge on the YouTube video. You have to, to play it because it's more of a first-person camera instead of, like, oh, camera's just looking at this character playing guitar in the background behind the highway. It's more of a first-person look out at a crowd in different music venues. So, Watching them tell you that you suck. Yeah, basically. I mean, it's a clever way how they adjust those because if you get you know to certain levels of you know how much you're rocking or how much you are not, uh, it kind of does this little video pulse-looking thing, and uh, that's how they kind of mask the dissolve between the two. And it must have been a really interesting way of filming these different scenes because you have to maintain... The same camera movements, and that and all has to be very scripted and very similar, and then you're just having the crowd act in different ways, and that's how you're dissolving perfectly between the two. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that is executed. Though there's there's only going to be so many songs that that's going to work for, and that's why they have Guitar Hero TV, uh, which is going to be more of their platform, and that's going to be where their music videos in the background where then you can you know, play along with on, on the fretboard, but none of the, the live first-person interaction. So the Guitar Hero TV, GHTV, that's what's going to be updated over the course of time with new downloadable content. It's just going to be the videos, uh, the music videos that will be in the background there. So I guess that's one way to expand on it. And I'm glad that both games, be they Guitar Hero and Rock Band, are really treating these like, okay, these are now platforms. In the past, you know, we used to just, you know, sell, here's new discs and new expansions, and here's a new version of the game with more songs and more features. With this age of, you know, patches and DLC and all that, it's better to have a really solid base and then update that from there. Also, then, the problem with a brand new Guitar Hero and new controller and new charting, it means that the backwards compatibility is out the window. And I think that may be a really big advantage come holiday time for Rock Band, where they're really trying to have all of their songs, or as many as possible, on their downloadable storefront carry over into the new game. Now, they still have to work out the issues with the controllers, and that's working with Microsoft and Sony on basically the first-party controller uh, connection between you know, Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 controllers over the new generation. They still have to work out those, but carrying over all those songs to the same platform, it can't go you know, across from Microsoft to Sony, but from 360 to 1 or PS3 to PS4, to bring those over into your new game is going to be a big help, I think, as opposed to starting completely fresh with this new Guitar Hero. So, I mean, are there, are there songs that we're looking forward to you know, maybe seeing in the game or one particular way or another that you're leaning in, in terms of your preference? I would like to see a lot more hardcore music, if that makes sense. So, like, I've always been into playing the heavy metal tunes or stuff that takes a lot of effort to to actually play. I I like things like that. That's what I'm looking forward to doing. So more Through the Fire and Flames. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Stuff like that. Your Metallicas, your Dragon Forces and stuff like that. Lots of things with solos. That would be fun. For me, I think it would just be more Stan Bush. Um, there you go. No. See, I'm not, I was never a huge Guitar Hero player and everything, so I, I guess a lot of the kind of more rock stuff, like Rach was saying, the Dragon Forces, things like that, um, would definitely be really cool. Plus, it, the, the videos of people playing them are amazing, so. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, from this Polygon article, they're saying that Guitar Hero Live will feature hundreds of playable songs from a diverse array of artists including the Black Keys, Fall Out Boy, My Chemical Romance, Gary Clark Jr., Green Day, Ed Sheeran, The War on Drugs, The Killers, Skrillex, <laughs> Skrillex? The Rolling Stones, The Lumineers, Pierce the Veil, and Blitz Kids with many more bands to be announced in the coming months. So, uh, Skrillex. Hi, Skrillex. I want to play Three Bird. 
and have just the crowd the whole time going, Freeman! Yeah! <laughs> no, it should be very interesting. It's exciting to see those games come back for me. I'm looking forward to getting both. Uh, it's weird to see, honestly, Guitar Hero Live have a presence on Wii U. I know Activision loves that Wii U money with Skylanders, but I'm not sure if that's the platform you want to get Guitar Hero Live on if you're looking for a longer duration platform with a lots of downloadable content. You know, for the basic families, like they're not going to know how to necessarily attach the external hard drive to get all that space. You know, there's only so much you can do on the 32 gigabytes of the Wii U. So that will be interesting to see how successful that SKU is, at least. Well, anyway. If it's not canceled. Right. Or just delayed several months. Yeah. Delayed <laughs> yeah. an extra year. Gosh, you know all about that. So, yeah. Get rocking on the guitar, and uh, we'll be looking forward to playing these more throughout the year. All right, Scott. It's time for you to show us your news. Oh, man. Has Kojima been planning a media blitz for the past decade with some random head transplant doctor? Who knows that if anyone in the game industry would, it would be Kojima. For those of you that don't know, recently a doctor, Dr. Sergio Canavero, a neurosurgeon in Italy, found his volunteer for the first ever head transplant. And he looks a lot like the doctor shown in The Phantom Pain, the new Metal a Gear Solid. Lot? He's pretty much identical. Yeah, it's so pretty, much. Pretty, it's crazy. Pretty identical. So after this came out and everything, the internet being the internet, put together a conspiracy theory basically saying that this head transplant procedure is part of Kojima's next project and that there's so many similarities and like nods to it. Big Boss's artificial arm looks a lot like the most advanced synthetic arm right now. Before, Kojima had said that his next project will be very taboo and then they go into how transplants and things of that nature are very taboo in Japan the passing resemblance, and this doctor, this Sergio Canavero, has done a number of documents referencing the phantom pain uh, when you lose a limb, things like that, and it's just these little bits and pieces, and it's proven that this guy's a doctor. He's done a bunch of medical papers for the past few decades, everything like that, but it's just very interesting how similar the doctor is to the doctor in phantom pain and just everything that's been going on it's very interesting it's an interesting read for sure it's remarkable and i went and did a smyn soapbox on our show me your news youtube channel if you want to go check that out and it kind of presented this you know he's done talks at like a, a ted talk in limassol cyprus uh, ted limassol is like an anagram for solid metals the, the data mining in Ground Zeroes on the PC version. And people are doing data mining, and based on that, like they're coming to the conclusion that Cyprus is the location of where the hospital is for the Phantom Pain. So like it's all these little things. And Kojima, back in the day, said that uh, Ian Moore was the name of the actor who lives in Japan that the, the model's based off of. But like even he looks pretty similar, though I think the resemblance is more striking between... Dr. Canavero here and the, uh, the doctor in the game in Phantom Pain. It's wild. And I think you know, why you're bringing this up is because it's taken a really strange turn with uh, this write-up on Kotaku. But uh, Gabriel Galliani was the writer behind the article. And basically saying that like Dr. Canavero here has no idea of all this. Like threatening to sue. Had no idea Metal Gear was so big. And wow, I could make a lot of money off of this. And it's like... Wait, like, did the internet just ruin this whole thing? Like, is the Phantom Pain going to be able to come out if this, if this lawsuit's a real thing? Or has the Kojima, you know, marketing teeth really gotten into this and they're planting a fake news story in the games media? Like, it's, it's so weird. It's such a weird story. Considering how many weird stories there are in Metal Gear overall, I wouldn't be surprised, mm -hmm. really, if this was all just to make things look a little bit more flashy for the new Metal Gear coming out. Kojima had said that the next project, this is his quote, the next project will challenge a certain type of taboo. If I mess up, I'll probably have to leave the industry, which Kojima has been, like, disappeared all of a sudden. Mm. 
However, I don't want to pass by avoiding that. I turned 47 this year. It's been 24 years since I started making games. Today, I got an ally who would happily support me in that risk. Although it's just one person, for a start, it's good. Could he have been talking about Dr. Conavero? I mean, you never know. And this all is coming to light and everything right after Kojima has pretty much disappeared from media altogether. Uh, absolutely. And then it goes on with the you know, PT, the, the demos you know, coming down. On, a, on PlayStation Store on April 29th. So that combined with, like, is, is Konami really behind this? Or have they taken the head, Kojima, off the project and they're in on it too? Oh my, oh my god! <laughs> if anyone would do something weird like this, it would be Kojima. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's not the first time. I mean, he does the whole bait and switch for Metal Gear Solid 2 and no one saw that coming. Mm-hmm. So I, they can keep their secrets, uh, but wow, it feels like there are so many similarities. There's got to be something here. There's got to be a story. Whether or not it ever gets uncovered or you know, we wait until after the game is out to see something like this, like, there has to be a story here. Mm-hmm. And not just like, what? I didn't know. I'm going to sue them. 60 euros at you know, 4 or 5 million? Oh, that will surely... Cover the cost for my head transplant theory mm. that I'm codenaming Heaven. Yeah. And parts of my book are talking about clones. Like, come on. Part of me really wants it to be like this incredibly intricate conspiracy that Kojima has planned. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, holy crap, how do you plan something like that? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of madness is it? I mean, you look at the guy's, you know, one of his photo shoots where he's got like a head on a platter and he's got some device. His head is like, is this is this real? Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Are, are we seriously talking, legitimately talking about transplanting someone's head in 2015? Like, I know 2015, like we're, we're decently into the future of what, you know, sci-fi and all that predicted, but... We're nowhere near as far along as, you know, some of those predictions happened. I don't think 2015 would be the year that we start getting successful bits for this. And yeah, they're talking about, oh, it'd need like four months in a coma after it's done. And that's if, you know, it rejects or keeps the body and the head. And like, we barely got hoverboards to work and they're not mass produced and it's like only certain... You know, characteristics make those work, but that was like that was the thing in Back to the Future too. Like there are going to be hoverboards in 2015, and like we kind of got something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I would say actually thinking about it from a uh, a not video gaming point of view, and maybe just a uh, in quotations normal person out quotations point of view, there would have been a lot more coverage about this head transplant thing going on than what there currently has been. Because besides actually you telling me, Peter, about this head transplant doctor thing and then people saying, oh, it, it could tie in with Konami, I have never heard about it before. Mm. Yeah, I There's... mean, it did make international news, but I mean, yeah, it should have been a lot more widespread. Yeah, really, because like, with a massive breakthrough like this, it would be a case of, it would be all over the radio. It would be all over the TV and in the papers over here. And I, I'm, I'm one of those weird people that reads the paper on the work to every day because there's a free paper from the train station. And it's never been in there or anything like that. It would be reaching so many more platforms than what it currently is. He'd also be putting his reputation on the line, like, big time. So it, it's, it's mm-hmm. such a weird story. And, Scott, you're right. I, I want to see this resolve itself as, like, this crazy story that just you see all the steps and how it all played out and it'd it'd be an amazing documentary honestly to watch it would be gosh if it turns out that like this i'm going to sue konami bit is serious and like it delays the phantom pain well fuck internet what did (laughs) we do yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it develops absolutely i mean phantom pain comes out on september 1st so we gotta see something until then. I mean, if he comes out of E3, hold the fucking phone. <laughs> that would be great. That would be. I but... want that. <laughs> oh, that'd be something. Touche, Konami. Touche. 
All right, let's get into more headlines. Let's talk about Smash Brothers because that big patch came out to prepare for the Mewtwo downloadable content, which a lot of fun to play Mewtwo, I must say. It was uh, feels very similar to Melee. You know, he's certainly stronger in some points, I think. Yeah, a lot of people have been saying it's been very similar to Melee. Yeah, yeah, the up smash is really strong. It's a different back throw, but, you know, same sort of thing. Scott, you gotten to try Mewtwo yet? I have. I've played him a little. Definitely fun. Honestly, I've enjoyed more being able to dress my me up as Mega Man X. (laughs) Of Um, course, yeah. But, uh, no, he's a lot of fun. I enjoyed him. I never played Mewtwo too much in Melee, but um, it's good to have more characters. I mean, I'm never going to turn down more characters in Smash, so... You're he, definitely w- more waiting fun. for Lucas, though. Oh, I can't wait for Lucas. Yeah, Lucas is my boy. That's right. So, a uh, an individual known as Shiny Quagsire Twenty Three on the Smash Brothers Reddit, who apparently does have a history of going into 3DS data mining, pulled out names of files on the 3DS, and oh boy, it kind of set the Smash Brothers world afire. Uh, a blaze, like like a Roy up B from Fire Emblem. Oh jeez, those puns! Like seriously, do we would we really need a fourth Fire Emblem sword wielder with Marth, Lucina, Ike, and Roy? And yeah, Robin's a little different. He uses the magic, but basically the idea is there are there's files here for Mewtwo, for Lucas, which we both know those Roy with. You know, stage and uh, winning music, the Fire Emblem. It's the exact Fire Emblem, you know, victory music that we know. And also, Ryu. And people are thinking, like, Ryu Hayabusa from Ninja Gaiden? Maybe that? Nope, just Street Fighter 2 rips from the Super Nintendo. Like, Like Street Fighter Ryu. See, I would be happy with Street Fighter Ryu in there. Roy... As you say, we have a lot of Fire Emblem characters in there, and I never really got along playing as Roy in Melee or anything. But Ryu, I think, would be quite interesting. I mean, if they do him right, if it is a thing, then he could at least be very good, fast-moving, responsive, and I think that could make for a few fun matches. Basically, kind of like a more intense Little Mac, (laughs) kind of. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Little Mac with some kick moves thrown in. And less side B. And Hadoukens. Yes, no, Hadoukens. side B, yeah. He would have Hadoukens. And... Yes. You no, know, I mean, we could think of like what his, uh, his moveset would be. Uh, yeah, I mean, side B could be Hadouken. Uh, down B would be Tatsumaki Senpukyak. I think uh, the up B would be... Uh, sure you can. Definitely sure you can. Yeah. And uh, maybe you charge the B to get in some of the EX moves from Street Fighter Four. Possibility. To, to add some speed and power to his attacks. I mean, Lucas had something similar in Project M. I would have said something like that would be like a final smash sort of thing. Mm. But like you get a smash ball and he could have like a really good finishing move that comes off from that. I would see that being more of that. The yeah, a lot of his uh, supers from Street Fighter 4 would just be like a bigger Hadouken. Like a, the Shinku Hadouken, yeah. Yeah, like a Metsetsu yeah. or something like that. Um, or maybe he turns into Akuma. <laughs> or Oni. Akuma could be like a, a different skin. For <laughs> Ryu him. turns into evil Ryu yeah, when say. he uh, succumbs to the no Hado or okay. some, the evil Hado or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. something yeah. like that. I, I, I do remember that, but I just think it would be fun to have Akuma as a different skin and you, then have Ken as a different skin. That would definitely happen. Yeah. Now, of course, this is all still rumor, um, but you know, it's apparently been verified that these files do exist in the 3DS patch as placeholders almost just waiting there. And it makes you think, like, well, this was clearly done before stuff like the Smash Brothers ballot. Uh, they couldn't, obviously, have taken anything from that. So maybe we get more DLC after that. Uh, maybe we see something at E3. Uh, I guess Sakurai is going to attend this, like, Fire Emblem 25th anniversary sort of concert in Japan, which is in late July. Sakura's a big Fire Emblem fan, but you wonder, like, is that maybe the place they would announce Roy? Like, it, it's so strange. Like, out of those two characters, I don't think I would have expected either of them to possibly show up as future DLC, if that is indeed the case. Mm-hmm. As long as, if you keep that Hadoken motion, instead of just, you know, side B, maybe, like, add a little more power to the Hadoken, because, like, you're, 
you're actually putting in the right input or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a thought. Just a thought. Yeah. So, gosh, that is, that's something. That was really something I did not expect to see. And, yeah, we've seen weird smash hoaxes in the past. We saw the whole Rayman bit and how that was all fabricated. But this looks to have a sense of maybe legitimacy to it. We'll uh, there, see. Yeah, there was talk about a possible new Vita being trademarked. Um, so people were like, oh, the Vita 3000. And then it turns out, like, it's really just an update sort of to the trademark maybe like they're you know changing the position of buttons or whatever i mean it looks like the uh actual start and select buttons would be more circular whereas they're more uh stretched horizontally ovals right now uh but people were just going ape really not ape ape escape ape shit good good games yeah yeah they need to bring back uh, but they're going crazy, like, oh, what what would be in a future Vita? And I just wanted to get your thoughts quickly on, like, if you wanted a, a new successor to the Vita, or at least an updated model, like, what do you think the Vita needs to just really become the perfect machine? A re-release of Parappa the Rapper. There you go. L2, R2 that aren't on the back touchscreen. Absolutely. Yes. Like, it, it's a must for the, the remote play. If you're going to make that work, you need to have a controller that can properly emulate, or at least like do a DualShock 4 tethering or something like that to it. Something that doesn't have such crappy connection issues when you're trying to connect to the PS4 and play games on your Vita. Mm-hmm. Would be pretty good as well. Yeah, and that's weird. I like, I... they improved that, though. I've heard that it's the Vita PS4 connections improved and can actually do 60 frames per second now. Right, and, really? and I think that might only be because I'm going to boot up my Vita just for this, but I think there was... There's an option that people discovered on NeoGAF. If you go to the settings on Vita and you scroll all the way down to power save settings, the use Wi-Fi in power save mode option is checked by default. And apparently that like limits the overall top Wi-Fi speed that the system can have. Like it's some limitation in like the chip. So you want not to have that Wi-Fi in power safe mode setting checked. You want it wanna uncheck that. Uh, and that'll apparently help the Wi-Fi speeds of the Vita, especially when you're trying to do remote play. But you're right. I mean, the L2 and R2, it's, it's sorely missing. Even if you had to do, like, a click for, you know, the L3 and R3 in your analog sticks to help with that. Uh, I think it needs an HDMI out as well. Uh, that's a big help. But then it kind of, you know, goes against the whole PlayStation TV, you know, device that they released to have a, you know, PlayStation Vita-like system connected to the TV. Uh, and of course, you got to get those proprietary memory cards out of there. Like that—that's the thing that killed yeah. the Vita. Mm-hmm. Is you have really expensive Sony memory cards, like Sony generally tries to do. But yeah, to have memory cards that expensive, like that's why people didn't really buy into the Vita. And if you do have a Vita, you know you love it. It's a great mm-hmm. system, but it's—it's it's another system that like people buy a lot of games for. But it's just people getting them to buy it in the first place. So. So, Rachel, what is Valve up to in the Steam space? Well, now it looks like the Steam Workshop are going to be introducing uh, paid mods, so modifications to your games. So, mm. for example, unlike me, people like to put a lot of mods into their games like Skyrim. I play things vanilla because I'm boring and I don't know how it works. And I'm terrible and everyone should hate me for doing so. But there are a number of different modifications that you can add to your game, and you can enhance the experience, make it more fun, make it more intense, yada, yada, yada. So a lot of these modifications are going to be just available through the Steam Workshop, and at the moment it looks like, you know, mostly it's Skyrim mods, but there are a lot of other games that can be modded as well, so you're looking at things like uh, Dota and, you know, like Team Fortress, I think, can get modded, I'm not too sure, but I'm... I'm pretty vanilla myself when it comes to mods, so when it comes to actually getting professionally made modifications to your games, being able to purchase them in the the Steam Workshop, what kind of modifications would you guys want to do? Or get? I I don't really do mods either, and I know like mods are part of the argument where people say, you know, hashtag PC Master Race, but it's not something I do either, though I think the interesting bit with this is that uh, you know the makers of the mods? Yeah, it takes it takes work to make modifications, sure. But I think the makers only get twenty five percent of the cut, whereas the rest is going to Valve and it's going to the original game maker 
And I guess it's you know better something than nothing, but some people are like, man, twenty five percent is too low, and I don't know. It's yeah, it's I think they should a, get a little bit more. It's just nothing I've really dealt into though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a case of that you used to just be able to get them for free, so people would just be like, why am I having to pay for this stuff now? Yeah. But if you think about it, people have put a lot of time and effort into making these they modifications. Do. They do. It's a fundamental thing of economics where you know something is only worth as much as people will pay for it. So if people are going to pay for these mods, then there's a market there. I think the issue is they've already had issues with people selling mods that use technology and other mods that were developed by other people. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's an issue. Gabe Newell has even come out and said that if it doesn't work out, that if people really aren't a fan of the ability to buy mods, um, that they'll remove it. So I, yeah. I personally don't think the whole paid mod model will last all that long. Probably I think not. it might be more of a Kickstarter kind of thing where you will have a lot of crap. <laughs> yeah. <that people> yeah. <laughs> Just like the early access. Oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. You'll have some amazing mods that I think people would have no problem spending five, ten bucks for, but you will get so much other crap that will dilute it. I don't play with too many mods. Um, I think I turned the moon into the Death Star in my Skyrim game. <laughs> <laughs> but. I'm I'm for the mods are for not the hardcore players but the the people that want to change their experience and I don't know if they they should have to buy all those things. I mean, then you're getting into like expansions and DLC right. territory and uh, iffy. Yeah, but certain games like The Killing Floor too, I think have just, you know, outright said like we won't have any like paid mods for our game. Like just we don't want it. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting too. Mhm. So, good old Square Enix. I mean, they have a lot of games coming out this year. But, Scott, what are they doing because of that? Square's holding their first... I I believe it's their first press conference at E3 this year on the Tuesday. On yeah. Tuesday, 9 a.m. East, er, Pacific, so 12 Eastern. And that's Nintendo's slot, usually. So, yeah. that's going to be interesting. They're taking the Bethesda route. A press conference sort of thing that they'll host on Twitch and their own mm-hmm. website. Oh man, like it's it's going to be interesting to see like for both of those because it's no precedent that's really been set before. Like, is it going to be more of like a Nintendo Direct model, or is it just something that they're carrying in a theater and it's just they're taking a live feed from it? But wow, yeah, Square Enix. <laughs> so, like, just early thoughts on what what could be announced. Like, what are we expecting? What are we hoping for? my head's just like oh my gosh um i don't think we'll see bravely second there i think that will be at nintendo's booth or nintendo's stuff but i mean we have final fantasy 15 we'll probably hear a bit more of some future dlc or patches for final fantasy 14 Mm -hmm. um praying praying for some kingdom hearts 3 stuff that's the real hope i mean i i I could expect maybe video but you know nothing in terms of release date or anything like that oh no no, none, yeah. none of that. I think we will definitely get a Final Fantasy XV release day. Mm-hmm. They've already said that there's more games that they haven't announced coming. Mm. I mean, they're with Rise of the Tomb Raider. They're with uh, Deus Ex Human... Uh, <laughs> not Human Revolution. Deus Ex Mankind Divided. I think they're also with Just Cause 3. So, like, it's a big year for them. They have things to talk about. As long as I, they don't do another, like, Twitch event like they did with Deus Ex... I'm fine oh, God, with yeah. that. That, was, that was a very strange one. That was super weird. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the schedule all falls out. Because like I said, and that's Nintendo's direct time. At least what it was the past couple of years. Does Nintendo move? Do we have to cover both at the same time? Do you have to take precedence you know, for Nintendo first, obviously? But then you know, catch squares on a replay? It's going to be different. It's going to be different mm-hmm. this well, year. I think it's either going to be amazing or incredibly disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll either come out and like just drop the mic and there'll be explosions and fangirls screaming everywhere or there'll be a riot. Yeah, it doesn't always work out for these, you know, smaller publishers. I mean, Konami 2010, that was kind of like the death nail for them doing well, E3 shows. Oh, with Square, it's like they'll hype up something and then it'll be like spelunky. <laughs> or they'll come out and say... Hey, Spelunky was a good game, man. more information at such and such date, and then just walk out. Like, they'll hype shit, and then it will be absolutely nothing. And here is an update on Final Fantasy VII. 
yeah, for PlayStation 4. You remember the, the one based port. off the PC version. <laughs> yeah, that's just... I, I was about to bring that point up. It's like, yeah. hey, Square, this year, how about fuck you with Final Fantasy VII? Yeah. I almost yeah. expect a troll again from them. Yeah, that. it's exactly. not even it's... my favorite Final Fantasy. And I still got pissed off at that. <laughs> that's the thing. They think they're doing everyone a favor, and it's usually just making people angrier at Square. Yeah. But then they'll come out like... A few years ago, when they did the announcement trailer for Kingdom Hearts 3, just out of the blue, it's like, oh my gosh! That was amazing. That yeah, was it, amazing. Square's bipolar. I'm going to leave it at that. Square's <laughs> bipolar. <laughs> oh, well, Star Wars Battlefront. That gameplay... Oh, not even a gameplay trailer, but a trailer using in-engine footage that dropped on the 17th of April at the Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim. It looks nice, I, but we got to wait to see gameplay. Yeah. Because that's not gameplay. That's scripted. It's cinematic. You're making it look as good as possible. So, yeah, a lot of people cautiously optimistic about that. Yeah. It looks it looks like it could be a lot of fun, though, hopefully. I've never been a big player of the Star Wars games. I've played some in my time, mostly the one that's a bit like Jade Empire. What was that one again? That one's uh, mm. Night of the Academy? Night of the Old Academy? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I, I played that game a little while back, and then there was a couple other games where it was more like third person, go shooting everything and kill the enemies and win the game. But I've, I've never really followed a lot of Star Wars games, but I'm, I'm willing to try some new games if they look good. Just want to see some of that gameplay. Mm-hmm. EA's already getting the DLC going with the Battle of Jakku, if you pre-order, which is the battle that's supposed to take place before Episode Seven. so they're... Certainly getting that tie in there. Hmm. Uh, so, and of course, you know, Microsoft is saying, well, you'll be able to play Star Wars Battlefront first on Xbox One through the EA Access program, which you have to pay <laughs> for just to pay it, play EA games, which is only on Xbox One. But PlayStation does have the marketing tie in with that game, it seems. And it's really strange to talk about this day and age, like, oh, well, which company has the marketing connection for these big AAA games? And, like, you shouldn't have to think that way. Mm-hmm. But you're thinking, like, oh, well, Arkham Knight is PlayStation. Battlefront is going to be PlayStation. Uh, if we you know, think Destiny about... Destiny was PlayStation. It was PlayStation. And, uh, you know, last year the division was Microsoft. So maybe uh, for Tom Clancy the division will continue to be Microsoft this year. So, like, it's, it's strange that you have to think in that way. But that's the way it seems to be going. And it's really strange. Mm. I'm kind of bummed that there's not going to be space combat, but I want to see gameplay. Yeah. You also have to figure in, because it's DICE servers and EA, the game probably won't be playable until February. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm definitely excited for it. I personally think it's going to be the big shooter of this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because people have wanted another Battlefront game for so long. Just make stable servers. Just... Try your damnedest to make it at least a somewhat steady launch, and I think it'll be an amazing game. I'm I'm excited for it. I want to try it, but I definitely want to see gameplay of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and here's the thing with it, too, is that now they've locked down the November 17th date to tie it in with the movie and all that, they can't delay it. Like, you kind of have to stick to that. They have to know how far along they are in. You know, they can't miss it. They can't mess it up because you have to have that marketing tie-in. So they've kind of backed themselves in a corner, and we'll be interested to see how that develops. Tony Hawk is apparently coming back at E3. Oh, boy. But the caterer to the party that was apparently held to, I guess, people kind of more on the inside, maybe it was the development team or something like that, takes a picture of his catering work, and it says Tony Hawk 5 in the background on a projector. <laughs> uh, it says apparently it's a working title, but then Tony Hawk's like, "Whoop! I guess our game got leaked." So he posts a video on Instagram, and it's like it's straight out of the the pro skater select screen with one of his friends just just kind of you know waving his body there and just different costume changes. Uh, we are probably getting Tony Hawk Pro Skater Five at E3 this year. Okay, that's gonna be something. Did you guys even play the old Tony Hawk games? We've never really. Scott would be excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, my ten-year-old self would be pretty excited. For I a think game like Pro that. Skater Four was last in two thousand two. 
Damn. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, lots of Tony Hawk games since Freshman then. Freshman in but... high school. Oh yeah. Wow. Man, we're old. Yeah, we are. Next year's 10-year high school reunion. Good lord. I was, I was like 12, 13 years old. And then finally, as we mentioned before at the top of the show, uh, PT. At this point, if you're listening on YouTube, it's probably at this point, it's already off PlayStation Store, but April 29th, it's gone. And then there are people saying, like, there's a quote going around the internet, maybe, possibly from Guillermo del Toro, saying that Silent Hills probably won't happen. It's like, stop. I want Silent Hills so bad. Konami, how do you mess this up? You get Norman Reedus, a partnership, you get Kojima, you get del Toro, like, and you ruin this, like... I, I hope there's more to the story and that is isn't the last that we'll see. But at the same time, PT is, you know, it's a limited trial. It's a, it's a demo. Like, it's supposed to be up there, I guess, for a limited time. So maybe there's the, the truth in that, that, you know, this is now the time that it, it comes down. What if PT's just replaced by, like, a head? It's just <laughs> a head without a body. You're like, what? And then it'll be, oh, look, it's hiding from the doctor with a head transplant. PT actually stands for physical therapy that the person has to go through after he gets his head transplanted. (laughs) (laughs) Big boss prediction. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Scott, what have you been playing recently? Um, I've been playing a Xenoblade Chronicles 3D, uh, Pillars of Eternity. That's uh, the RPG on PC, right? Right, that's the one that was kickstarted by um, Obsidian Games. Well, that's right, yeah, yeah. That's been getting, it's a lot like the Baldur's Gate games and those Infinity Engine kind of RPGs. So that's a lot of fun, but enjoying that. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles, really good. I'm definitely impressed on how well it's running on the 3DS, the new 3DS. I heard the models were kind of scaled down. Oh, they are. And the textures are kind of wonky, but just the size of an RPG, the open world aspect of Xenoblade, it's impressive for a handheld RPG. Only on new 3DS. Only on new 3DS. Um, and then yesterday I played through a bunch of Kingdom Hearts uh, Birth by Sleep mm. in the 2.5 HD collection. So Ooh. Just, just getting my RPG on. You there know. you go. Yeah, when Rachel comes over, and you know, we kind of have this big list of games that we want to go and play through and you know ones that she's missed out on. She has the, the Kingdom Hearts games yep, first I've on never... her list. I very much am because I've I've always watched them being played. I've never actually played one myself, but I'm a big fan of Square Enix games, like Final Fantasy. I love Disney, so that'll be fun. Yeah, Scott, you think the the essential ones that you know, obviously can't play like every Kingdom Hearts game. There are certain ones that just shouldn't be played, but you think just the essentials are Kingdom Hearts One, Kingdom Hearts Two, and Birth by Sleep. Yes. Yeah. I, I would say I, also Dream Drop just for the ties into the new game coming out. Right. Right. I, I wonder though what's going to happen. Could you imagine if Square Enix to that conference is like, and hey, we're going to make that an HD re-release game? So. Oh, they are. I I think that they're going to have like a Kingdom Hearts complete collection oh, for PS4 and oh. Xbox One that will have mm. 1.5 and 2.5 yeah. collect together yeah. and Dream Drop. That would make sense. But we'll see if Square Enix follows sense. We'll see. I think it's going to be like a trailer for Kingdom Hearts 3, and then it's going to transition into, before you play Kingdom Hearts 3, catch up with the Xehanort saga, or whatever the heck it's called, with Kingdom Hearts Complete. Because they're already re-releasing the 10.10.2 HD collection on PS4 now. That's right. Yep, yep, yep. That's absolutely true. Rachel, what are you playing? I've not been playing a lot, really, because I've been doing mostly preparing for moving to the U.S. I've not really had much time to play games. So, as per usual, The Binding of Isaac Rebirth has been on my list. And the less said about that, the better, because I play it all the fucking time. And Animal Crossing New Leaf, because I play that game, too, I guess. I finished off Virtue's Last Reward. That was really fun. Ooh, yeah. I really, really enjoyed that game. That was really fun. I definitely play it more for the story than the puzzles. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. We need Zero Escape 3. Like, that, yeah, that's we do. Happen. Yeah, it needs to happen because, my God, does that game need a sequel. Absolutely. I'm, I'm really happy that you did finish that one. Yeah, I need to start playing through some of the other games that you give me, actually. That would be a good idea. Pokemon. 
Pokemon. Well, I've already played Soul Silver. I will play that again at some point. But it's just a case that if I start that game off, I'm not going to be able to put it down for a long time. And I've already hunted around for so many legendaries, so I don't know what else I can really achieve. Explore the world, the story. It's lots of possibilities. That's like, true. Super Mario 3D Land is staring at me in the face right now, though. Ah, uh, yes, absolutely. Well, mm-hmm. like you, I've been playing Binding of Isaac Rebirth. You've beat Mega Satan twice. I have beaten Mega Satan. Holy shit! Twice. Ah, uh, got good runs finally, and I'm just, so proud of you. Aw, thanks. It was on normal mode, so. Oh, I'm uh, I'm kind of proud of you. <laughs> well, I don't play hard mode. But <laughs> the second time, but the second time I did beat Mega Satan Untouched, so that was that was pretty good. So nice, mm-hmm. but yeah, eventually, babe, hard mode. Uh, eventually, eventually. MLB 15 the show, uh, you know, playing some more baseball games. Yeah, it's it's a good game. I, I really like it you know, with the start of the baseball season happening. They're getting to the point where some of those faces and just how it looks, and especially when you see screenshots of that, like it's getting close to Uncanny Valley, which is exciting and a little bit terrifying. we got to see it you know, carry over to certain other sports games. Like I want to see a legit NHL game this year and not a stripped-down one for parts, EA Sports. Let's, let's get on that. But, uh, yeah, this might be the year for some sports games. And also been playing a bit of Smash Brothers for Wii U, but not really playing matches. I went to a nearby thrift store and found a GameStop GameCube controller for $8. And if you know about those, that means it has a turbo button. So you tape down the A button, you uh, go to your control settings, change the A button to your special attack, you go to the target blast, and you do stage two. And Ganondorf, hold down that A button, tape it, turbo. Ganondorf trying to farm for custom moves. That has begun. <laughs> That's going to be quite the procedure to get all those custom moves on Smash Brothers for Wii U. So, uh, like you, I've been just been busy with a lot of things. I really need to get back into gaming things. I'm looking forward to playing Assassin's Creed, the uh, Chronicles from China. Because that was for free. Because I was one of those suckers who had the season pass for Unity, so got that for free. And then <laughs> got to get to Persona Q. Got to do that. Yes, you need to play that game. Got to find my Persona Q. Oh, yeah. Yeah, got to do that for sure. Got to find those emeralds. <laughs> oh, recently, Xenoblade Chronicles 3D. You know, Scott recommends that one, so do check that out on new 3DS. Mortal Kombat X, I mean... The trailer has System of a Down in it. <laughs> yes, it does. It's fun. Um, mm. My mom got it for me for my birthday. and oh. It's it's fun. It's pretty. It feels a bit slower than Mortal Kombat 9, and I think I prefer the story mode in 9 more to mm. 10, but uh, still a definitely enjoyable game. Yeah, if you like Mortal Kombat, definitely check it out. But don't pay for the DLC for easy fatalities. <laughs> Good lord, what a... That's almost like you, you're not sure if Mortal Kombat's just mocking the system or really actually trying to see how many people will buy things like that. Just buy the tokens <laughs> that you can earn in-game mm-hmm. to spend and perform fatalities without you know knowing the combo. That's ridiculous. It's, it's, <laughs> it's silly. But at the same time, mockery. And Assassin's Creed Chronicles China. It's a you know, side-scrolling 2.5D sort of line art style. Very reminiscent, I think, when you look at it, of Mark of the Ninja. Uh, sort of really based heavily on stealth, which you can argue some Assassin's Creed games have gotten away from. Reviews say it's a little disappointing. Uh, I think the most disappointing thing about it is that you know it's a Xiao Jun, female assassin. Her homeland in China has been attacked by Templars, and so she goes west to Europe to meet one Ezio Auditore da Firenze. And... Oh, the the voice that they got for Ezio uh, has been described in certain places... As a Chinese-Russian vampire. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I have to check that out now. Uh, which is nowhere near like the Roger Craig Smith sort of <laughs> interpretation. Uh, which is, of course, flawless and amazing. And I guess they just didn't decide to do that. But yes, the female assassin. Female assassin, which I guess they maybe didn't need to spend more money on those animations. <laughs> that joke will never get old. I'm sorry. But yeah, that that's going to be something I'm I'm looking forward to checking out. It's apparently a 5-hour campaign. It's going to be part of a like a India and a Russia chronicles later down the line. Just little mini stories throughout the Assassin's Creed lineage, so that'll be fun. Hmm. 
Let's ramp up the show with YouTube video recommendations, though. I'll, I'll just recommend uh, episode 26 of the Questionably Roundtable. We're back in full function on ShowMeNews.com at the SMYN Network and with alternating between this show talking about the gaming news and then Joe and Ben also joining us on the Questionably Roundtable. And we're talking about anything, including gender bending. So, interesting. <laughs> kind of like water bending, but with your penis. Uh, yeah, more or less. <laughs> uh, so go check that out, episode 26 at uh, QRT Show on YouTube. I recommend David Hasselhoff's True Survivor, the title track from the amazingly cheesy 80s action movie spoof, Kung Fury, that's coming out. I've seen bits of that. I guess it's coming out or being released for free online uh, like May 28th, like the end of May. Hmm. Hitler's a kung fu master and some kung fu cop has to go back in time to kill him but gets sent back too far and meets dinosaur riding vikings with machine guns that summon Odin or oh, Thor. Oh god. It uh it's it's awesome. It sounds it, great. Some guy hacks time with a power glove. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. He plays a keytar. Yep. Why um, wouldn't it, he? Of course. It looks hilarious, and I would definitely recommend, and David Hasselhoff does the title track, True Survivor, from it. Um, and you can also find the actual uh, official movie trailer also connected to that. So, David Hasselhoff, a big deal in Germany. Was that, Rachel, mm. like the, uh, what was that one movie you were showing me clips from? With like the uh, Kung, Kung Fu, Fu Hustle. Kung Fu Hustle, that's the one. Kung Fu Hustle <laughs> is a movie we have to watch, because yes. one, it's dub in English is fucking amazing it's just one of the funniest things that you'll ever hear and it's kind of like a kung power it's making fun of traditional movies like that but my god is it amusing was it like ricky O? the story of ricky mm, not as bad not as bad so pretty bad well darling tell me about your youtube recommendation Last night, I went on a bit of an old commercial binge, mm. and we didn't have these over here, but the Old Spice commercials yep. were certainly a big thing over there, and yep. um, one of the ones that I just had to go uh, at was the, uh, the Terry Crews Old Spice Muscle Music advert. So I'd recommend giving that a watch. It's just a little over a minute long, but it's it still leaves quite an impression on you. Yeah, we also had the Isaiah Mustafa uh, as, as the actor who's like, I'm on a horse. Oh, that Those guy. Those are amazing. Yeah, yeah. So Old Spice, no, they, there was quite the stretch where they had an interesting run. And now with the ones that they have with, like, the singing moms and dads, like, my son is a man and he smells like one. <laughs> what? It's, that was beautiful, Pete. That brought tears to my eye. That weird. was absolutely beautiful, babe. It's, it's so weird. Well, let's wrap up the show. Uh, Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Of course. We really do appreciate you coming in a time of need where computers are amok, fish are being caught. We'll have Joe and Ben back next time in a couple weeks. And that'll be where we reveal our E3 yes or no questions for our contest this year. Yeah, we're, we're doing that. Again, we're having the big call-in show. But we'll reveal the questions, we'll give you a couple weeks to fill out uh, those answers. And uh, Scott, E3, man. It's man, gonna, oh man. It's going to be fun times. Yes. yes. We all have to get together, have beers, watch E3. Oh, That's yeah. pretty much the three-day span. Well, four days or so, because I'll probably come over that Sunday the 14th, so yeah. I'm there in the morning. Yeah. And then it will just be drinking and horrible food choices for the next three or so days yeah. after that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds good. I and should hopefully hopefully be in America for that time. That's right. We're hoping, keeping our fingers crossed, and uh, have you know recording reactions, and we'll do a compilation of those. And oh, it's going to be bigger and better than our coverage last year. We're looking forward to that. So with that, I am Peter. I'm Rachel. And I'm Scott. Go follow him on Twitch, Solid Snake One Twenty. Get him some subscribers. Get over six hundred. Five away from 600. Woo! Do it. We're out. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Find out more about this show and other podcasts at the Show Me Your News Network, where you can embrace your inner nerd over at showmeyournews.com. Fans can interact with other sminjas at the friendliest community on the net at showmeyournews.com slash forum. 
your news. Pete, have you watched the um, video with Obama's press correspondent speech with Luther, the anchor translator? I heard that Luther made an appearance. but It I was have, pretty damn funny. I have not seen the video yet. I'm going to miss Obama. Huh? Sorry, what's going on? The president like, has Election? this White House correspondence dinner mm-hmm. every year. Yeah. Where he usually gets you know, a comedian to go up. And one of the more famous ones is Stephen Colbert. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, ripping everything apart. Uh, uh-huh. But yesterday, uh, Key and Peele, Keegan-Michael Key as Luther, the angry presidential translator... Was, okay. was there and it's a bit where you know Obama's all like oh we gotta do things fairly and we gotta you know, he's, you know, putting it very you know matter of factly all politically correct all of that stuff uh-huh. and then Luther's kind of on his shoulder like basically the translator just being like the angry black man okay <laughs> and so like, he actually oh, but usually in that show Obama's played by uh, Jordan Peele uh-huh. the other part of that duo and so now is I guess it was Obama and the uh, that whole yeah situation. So I'm looking forward to watching that. Oh yeah, we got to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a better, that's a better headline.